want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn first to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. And this month is a series at both of our campuses called Refinance. We're going to talk about how we view money, how we earn money, how we manage money, and how we give our money. And um, while you're turning there, just um, something I, I did forget. This coming Saturday, uh, the Faith Writers Ministry is um, throughout Calhoun County is going to be going from church to church. And uh, it is a food drive for our service centers. Particular one, of course, is our own uh, for the city. And so uh, I just want to invite you uh, this week. You can do... Uh, a couple of things, uh, just whatever canned goods that you want to donate. Uh, you can bring them to the church office anytime this week. Uh, you can drop them off at For the City, which will be open this Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Or you can come to the church on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and just bring a gift for our For the City ministry. Uh, that is uh, uh, this week. And then on Saturday, the Faith Riders. I'm still not certain how the guys on the motorcycles are going to collect all the food. I guess maybe their saddlebags are bigger than mine. Uh, but we'll collect all the food and then distribute them uh, to our service centers. Did you know that a college student, when he or she graduates, will take with them a diploma and an average debt of $35,000. Did you know that young couples that are married and working with no children have an average credit card debt of $15,654? Did you know that baby boomers today, that more than 40% of baby boomers uh, homeowners that are at least 65 years of age and older still carry mortgage debt. And many of them want to retire and cannot afford to. Did you know that 80% of Americans are caught up in debt without a solution, without a plan to pay it off? Now, what do these things produce? What does such enormous debt, whether it's student loan debt or credit card debt or making a mortgage payment, what do these heavy debts produce? Well, what they do is that they make you sad, stressed, anxious, discouraged. Debt in America today is growing at an alarming rate, both in the, in the cities and the communities as well as people in the local church. In other words, eight of the ten people here today, if you count every eight or every ten, at least eight of them are dealing with stress or anxiety or discouragement over finances. So what we're going to do as a church is a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, 
Come January, we're going to be offering Financial Peace University on Sunday mornings. If you're in a Bible study class, and uh, but boy, you would like to have nine weeks of financial guidance and instruction through Financial Peace, then you have my blessing to step outside of that class and come to FPU. Uh, my wife and I are going to lead it. The way it works is that you watch the videos in your home throughout the week, and then on Sunday morning we gather together and work through the steps of financial peace. And so I hope that you will take advantage of that. The second way that we're going to address it is through a message series this month. Now, some people say, well, it's another series on money. I want you to think about this. Did you know that the Bible offers at least 500 verses on prayer? Did you know that there are close to 500 verses that deal with faith? And did you know that there are more than 2,000 verses in Scripture that talk about money and possessions? Why? Because it's easy to possess an unhealthy or an unbalanced theology of how we view our stuff. I mean, Jesus himself had a lot of things to say about money. Sixteen of Jesus' 38 parables deal with money or possessions. In the Gospels, one out of every ten verses or 288 verses deal with with money. There are very few things that the Bible talks about more than money. It is a conversation that is relevant to every single person in this room. So we're going to look at an Old Testament and a New Testament passage and develop throughout the month of November a biblical theology of money. The Bible tells us that we worry about appearances. Right in Proverbs 13, 7, it says, one pretends to be rich and yet has nothing. Right? So we worry about, you know, how we look in the community. The rich and the poor are more alike than they think. Proverbs 22, 2 says, the rich and poor have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all. We know from the book of Proverbs that both wealth and prosperity can lead to temptation. In Proverbs 30 verse 7 it says two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die, remove far from me falsehood and lying, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. By the way, did you know that this is the only prayer in the entire book of Proverbs? It is the only prayer and it addresses money and possession. How's this for a life goal? Lord, don't ever let me get rich, and Lord, don't ever let me get broke. Why? Because both are filled with temptation. 
The writer of Proverbs is saying, Lord, make sure that we stay dependent upon you. So the text that was read for us in Proverbs 23 says that money isn't everything, that it does not satisfy. The writer of Proverbs says, do not toil to acquire wealth and be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. It sprouts wings. It flies away. Did you know that money is inferior to wisdom? Proverbs 8 Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and nothing I desire can compare with her. Nothing that any of us could ever desire could ever compare with the wisdom of God. Money is inferior to righteousness. Proverbs 10 verse 2 says, Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 11 4 says, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Money is always inferior to righteousness. Money is inferior to the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 15 says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Money is inferior to good relationships. Proverbs 15 says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted ox and hatred with it. See, money is inferior to so many things. And when we come to the New Testament, it's not just the Old Testament that addresses how we should view money and possessions. The Bible has a lot to say when we come to the New Testament. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, before we get to the text that was read for us, we have Paul saying this to Timothy. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich and fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You know, you can go to the... International Mission Board's website and get a number of statistics. You can read about the physical needs around the world and here are some of the things that you're going to find. One billion people live and die in poverty on less than one dollar a day. Close to one billion others live on less than $2 a day. That means half the world is struggling to find food and shelter and medical care for the same amount of money that you and I spend on a fountain drink at lunch. 
20,000 children will die today due to starvation or disease which is preventable. Physical needs around the world. What about spiritual needs around the world? Out of the 7 billion people in the world, only one-third claim to be Christian. That means 4.7 billion people in the world today are on a road that leads to hell. Two billion of those 4.7 billion today, right, November 5, 2019, have zero access to the gospel. Is it possible in America that materialism has actually blinded our eyes to the physical and spiritual needs that are all around us? I have dear missionary friends who are home visiting family. And they received a message that the police in the country in which they serve, a country that is hostile to the gospel, is looking for them. Not to have a conversation, but to arrest them and to torture them for sharing the gospel. They've had to pull their entire mission team out of the country. And the believers among that people group that they serve, they are gathering today. And they are gathering today to worship, not because, you know, that's the place that offers the style of worship that they prefer. And they are not gathering today because they like the style of worship. They are gathering today because they want to hear the word of God. I mean, dear ones, if all we did was come into this room and sit for 45 minutes listening to the word of God being taught, would that be enough for us? Like it is. I read early this morning because like Jesse, my internal clock didn't align with my alarm clock. And so um, actually my wife was the one who got me up because hers was even worse than mine. But we were up reading this morning that in North Korea, do you know what Christians have to do? A group of Christians go take their fishing poles and they go to a small boat and they get that boat out into the river and then when they're out in the river far enough where people can't see them, then they dig down into their fishing tackle and pull out the portions of God's word that they possess so that they can have worship. I wonder if that would be enough for us. 
1 Timothy 6, verse 17, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And they are to, and notice this, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You know what we are tempted to do? We are tempted to hear these words of the Apostle Paul and make a statement in our heart, perhaps. Something like, well, Paul must be speaking to someone other than me because I'm not rich. Maybe, you know, we have in our minds a certain amount that, you know, when you when you earn this amount or when you have this amount or accumulate this amount, then you're considered rich. Let me remind you that the one in our midst today in this auditorium, whoever it is, that has the least, the one in our midst who has the least has incredibly more than the person who was hearing these words from Paul to Timothy being read in the church. The least of us has more than those who had the most in the congregation at Ephesus where Timothy served. What is Paul saying? Don't be prideful when you look at your stuff. Don't put your hope in what you possess. Make sure that your trust is in the God who gave you the stuff and not in the stuff that God gave you. All the stuff that God has given you, use it for good. Use it for the kingdom. Use it for the glory of God. Use it for the gospel. Tim Keller said that once he was speaking at a series of men's breakfasts and he was doing the theme of the seven deadly sins. So his wife asked him if they advertised which ones were coming up and he said, yeah, I think they did. They put out a list on this date, you know, we're going to talk about this and then so on and so forth. And his wife looked at him and said, when you do the one on greed, I guarantee you, you will have the lowest attendance out of them all. And Tim Keller said, nah, come on, they're all going to be good. I'm Tim Keller. Well, she was right. The Saturday morning breakfast where he taught on greed was the lowest attended. Why? Because everyone recognizes that greed is a problem, but no one thinks they're greedy. More is never enough. It's an itch that can't be scratched. It's a desire that can never be satisfied. As we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table today, can I just remind you of this? If you aren't content with what you have today, you'll never be content with more. If you aren't content this morning, you'll never be content with more. The Word of God instructs us to build a treasure that lasts. That money, that possessions are a gift from God. And we're always more blessed when we give them away. Because God is generous. And God leads us to be generous 
as well. I would say to us this morning that we brought nothing into the world. We will take nothing out of the world. And there is one thing that can't be taken from us, and that's Jesus' love and Jesus' forgiveness. That is our firm foundation. So putting our hope in Jesus Christ is how we take hold of life that is truly life. We cannot take any of our stuff with us into eternity. But guess what? We can take our Savior with us. Because as we see before us today, Jesus Christ is the giver of all good things. Especially His own life. So if you're a not a Christ follower today, let me say that Jesus is enough for you. And if you will trust in Him for eternal life, let me tell you what you will find. You will find He is genuinely a pearl of great price. And I pray that you will do whatever it takes to be in relationship with Him. That you will trust Him today. And for believers, it's easy for us to forget that money is a spiritual issue. Right? I, I never, ever am afraid to preach on stewardship or on money or on possessions because it is a spiritual issue. How we handle our stuff is a reflection of our intimate walk with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. 